0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff, too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Today.
0: We're in the beginning of November now, and it's happened. And it didn't happen until this weekend. <laughs> and I, I'm i not even talking snow. I'm not even talking tire change. Because, again, we've had a freakishly warm weekend here again in in Salt Lake. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and it's supposed to be warm here all the way till Thanksgiving, which is nutty. So, I'm still driving around on my Pilot Supersports, which is crazy. But what's happened is Christmas music. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I cannot stand the stuff. And I know I'm now Mr. Ba humbug to many, many of you. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that I'm that guy, but I just, I my wife loves it. And she, she yeah, resists she as long as she can. She resists as long as she can for bringing it out. And then suddenly, when it descends, there is no other sound in my house musically than Christmas music until New Year's. And I want to hurt myself. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Now is the time of year where you have to play Mariah Carey's Christmas album once, get it out of your system, and then put it away until next year because here it comes. mm -hmm. We haven't even reached Thanksgiving. This is nuts.
0: I applaud my wife for, making, for waiting until roughly mid-November. I mean, you know, she, she's not one of these people that's like, it's, it, hey, look, fall might be coming sometime in the next month. Let's talk She's not that, which is good. But I just – here's, here's the thing about Christmas music because some of you out there actually probably like it. But here's the thing about it. This is the best analogy I can think of. Imagine, imagine the musical catalog of U2. However you feel about U2. They have a fairly diverse musical catalog. Imagine if every artist on the planet felt the need to do their own album of U2's work. And for six weeks to two months every year, that's all everybody played. <laughs> You'd want to hurt yourself. This is me in Christmas music. So I, I it's happened. Okay, so you're saying there's I genuinely just, good oh. songs
1: in there. But if you hear it once out of the year, you're Fine, but not over and over and over.
0: I'm not saying every Christmas song ever created is terrible. I'm not saying that. I've just – I don't need 14 versions in Rotate on Pandora. Okay, I don't need that. (laughs) I'd like to hear one. I'd like to find a version of that song I like and hear it. You know what? That's good. I heard it Christmas week. <laughs> Check <Perfect>. that box. <laughs> Got exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I'd, I'd be done. I'd be done. But that's not how it happens. And it's it's every store you go into. It's everywhere. So yeah. call me Bahambug. That's fine. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's happened. So I'm, I'm in that world.
1: I noticed Christmas commercials on television. They now have this mnemonic device, which is sleigh bells. So every mm-hmm. big box retailer that you know when they yeah. start playing the sleigh bells, yeah. it sort of clicks in our psyche. about, uh, oh yeah, I, I gotta robotically go buy Christmas gifts, and that's what they use every single yeah. ad. And it when you hear that little, drives me up a wall. Yeah,
0: the sleigh you hear the bells jingle 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 in oh. the background, and you suddenly think, wait, it's Black Friday. Ca- stop, stop. I, stop. Yeah, actually, I'm, I think the most genius thing that's happened in retail in the last few years. Here's a, here's a shameless plug for no apparent reason. REI is closed on Black Fridays now. And their whole premise is go outside. Which is I think it's great. one of the most genius things they've ever done. I actually worked in retail at REI what feels like a lifetime ago now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Black Friday, it's awesome for all their employees that they close. But that's, that's genius because otherwise you're standing there, what, outside a big box store and camping out overnight? Don't do right. this. Anyway. Right, but meanwhile, we're going to sell you a car, and if you, uh, you know, if you want to buy a car in the middle of the night, no, we're not going to do that either.
1: <laughs> I like the fact that you brought up Christmas, and since we're talking about it already so early, I would like to talk about the icon film and the fact that this will make a great oh, stocking yeah. stuffer. Nice segue. It's coming. <laughs> there you go. We're working on it. Yes, it, it is. will be out in it time is. for Christmas, so you can order it on Vimeo, the usual. There, it's a download or download the file. So rent or download. And then yeah, finally, the yeah. Blu-ray will be coming. So great stocking stuffer for the BMW enthusiast in your life, or maybe that's you. And yeah. uh, well, we've I mean, also
0: streaming is streaming is hard to give because it's not a thing. I hate to say that, but it's not a thing you can hand to somebody and be like, "I got you a movie." That's the problem <laughs> with streaming. But here's all my I, spare maybe, change maybe I'm,
1: out of my bedroom. I got you a gift. Here, here you go, yeah, money. I, I don't know,
0: but I, I realize five years from now that may. People may look back and be like, it's cute. People used to collect these in hard copy. I realize that we're headed that way, but <laughs> I still think you want to hand somebody something. I don't know. Maybe it's just me.
1: All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, if you want to hand somebody something else, something they can wear are the T-shirts. There's been already there go. good response to the T-shirts. Clothing yeah. and food are are two, in in my mind, <laughs> for good gifts, especially food, because yeah. you can consume it and enjoy it, and then it's out of your life. It's not a thing collecting and dust it's yeah. it's enjoyed. So yeah. I, I love gift certificates to restaurants and you know mm-hmm. wine, of course, whiskey, but things that you consume because at some point we've all sure. got so much stuff in our lives. If it's that's a good point. Enjoyed at yeah. a good moment. I think of hey, thanks for this great experience, a uh, really great dinner out, and you know moving on. You, I, I think that's kind of the best gift for me. But t-shirts are a great category, and uh, like mm-hmm. I said, you've got. Uh, uh, all of you have responded already uh, so yeah, go definitely. to the everydaydriver.com website you 'll find the store there which you can click on and I will mention as I mentioned last podcast this does not represent all the designs quite yet we will nope. uh, we will populate that with more designs and some different clothing. You can also get hoodies on there I think, but we 'll come up with a hoodie yeah. design for yep. y- for y'all I just said y'all. I'm not from Texas. You did, and all,
0: but I also want to acknowledge the fact that you already have that. That if you've seen the icon logo for our icon film, that's coming on shirts. Yeah, when we drop the film, yes. that'll exist too. So if you're a BMW person, you like that that logo that Paul made, that is the BMW M logo with the, but it says icon. That's going to come. And that's going to be pretty cool as well. Uh, so yeah, if you if you, if you like the t shirts, thank you for those of you that have already responded. That's really cool. Uh, we need to get some ourselves. That'd be nice. Yeah, we do. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, We do. Well, we'll jump into the car debates early,
1: leaving more time for questions at the end, which is nice because we've yep. got some fun ones to cover. And uh, thank you. We're actually recording this in a little bit of an advance because Todd and Chance are traveling to the L.A. Auto Show for 2016. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm ex- also excited to look at cars from far. I've got some other travel uh, actually to Las Vegas. So yay me. Yeah. Uh, well, but, we're uh, headed to
0: L.A. For, for the for the auto show, which is always cool. Press days are the way to do an auto show. I, I oh, honestly yeah. wish every real car enthusiast could do press days for an auto show because you get to get in everything. You get to really spend time. There's no crazy crowds. They haven't taken the shift knobs off the sh- the shifters yet. I mean, everything looks like <laughs> a real car. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But that's <laughs> what happens at every auto show. They take the shift knobs off. Cigarette and the, and the, and the crazy thing the is, they do, that. they do that because if they don't, someone at the show will walk out with it, which yeah. is why they all do it. Which is terrible. But anyway, so yeah, it, it's fun to get in for that. And then wh- while we're in LA, we're going to try to get on the Smoking Tire podcast again. We're also going to do some really cool shoots. A couple of fast blast shoots are coming up and we're going to do a drift school. We're pretty sure that we're going to shoot as well. That's that's still, we're locking it down, but that's where we're headed. That's all going to be a big LA trip. So we're still populating uh, content for long after the Icon film comes out. We're kind of stockpiling some stuff for uh, January, February when we hopefully have snow in Utah and it's hard to drive. Yeah. Right now, I keep going, well, should we just plan another driving shoot? Because it's going to be 65. <laughs> so, anyway.
1: Right, right. You heard correctly. Todd and Paul are going to drift school. Woohoo. All right. Uh, so that'll uh, add to the driving resume there. And that means from here on out, it's just going to be drifting. I mean, I'm going to drift through the Starbucks yeah. drive through. That's all, all we're ever going to do. Yeah. Drift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. yeah. Drift through the red lights and see if I can really get some attention.
0: Well, there's there's three or four corners here in Park City that with the weather as it is right now, I discovered this a couple of weeks ago, ask me how. <laughs> with the weather as it is right now, which is like right on that cusp of the Pilot Supersports are not as grippy as they should be, there's two or three corners in town right now that if I hit them at a consistent speed, two-thirds of the way around the corner, the back will start coming around. And it's actually very fun, because I've, I've learned where all of those corners are, a couple of roundabouts coming out of those. There's one uh, major intersection corner I actually did this morning that it was just like two-thirds of the way around. Yep, There comes the back again. Hmm. So yeah, it's becoming a drifty world around here. Maybe I should uh, put on my winter tires. Maybe. Maybe I should. I don't know. Yeah, what could
1: possibly go wrong? We recommend it so much, we'll just keep ignoring it. Ignore the elephant in the room. Good job. (laughs) What
0: could go wrong, both now and at drift school, is that Todd winds up backwards at a cloud of smoke into a pole. That's what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, let's not do that. Let's talk about a car debate from Mustafa, who wrote in uh, from New Hampshire. Thanks for writing in. He found us, actually, by listening to He's not sure if it was the Smoking Tire Podcast or Autoblog, but one of the where we were a guest, I'm really glad you found us that way. Uh, we're looking to put more guests on our podcast, so uh, we're excited about just uh, trading the favors there. We, we love that. But you've uh, been listening for a while now, and uh, you just got married recently. Congratulations! And your wife has a lease on a Sentra that ends at the end of the year, so you're looking into something else and you 're thinking kids in the future, so you 're thinking about the new family car, mm-hmm. which is very cool, but you have a lot of questions and some specific requirements that we have to work under
1: you know what i 'm finding is the the folks who now are listening and writing into us are more and more curating their own choices. And putting a lot of thought to it before they write in, because here we've got this perfect example of Mustafa. He, uh, as Todd said, moved to New Hampshire a little over a year ago after spending most of his life in Egypt, where his Mm -hmm. first car was a Fiat 128. So look this up. About 45 (laughs) horsepower. It's the kind of car where you have to stick your legs through the floorboards and run, you know, just to get any speed out of it. Yes, I'm I'm Uh sure that's the case. But uh, full
0: Fred Flintstone. Yep. Totally.
1: Totally. So he's got the 05 Civic used, but this story is about buying a new car because he's never had Mm -hmm. a brand new car before. He's bought other cars, of course, used. And we preach that at Everyday Driver here about used cars. We also talk a lot about new cars too, but I'm really intrigued because the point in your life where you're getting ready to buy your first new car, that's a whole different Mm -hmm. buying experience and a different mindset. Because now you can really truly get exactly what you want. After all, yeah, to some degree, you're just satisfying you. You are the first customer, and it is yeah. satisfying. I, I have to admit, I've actually only bought one new car in my life, the Jeep, and uh, it was cool. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, otherwise, used cars are, are definitely always the way to go. However, uh, this these choices that I was talking about, Mustafa's really curated his own list here for yes. a growing family, and for being in uh, you know snow and ice, being in the winter. There mm-hmm. are some questions that he asked us about things that he heard. I want to address those as well as the list that he's got going
0: here. Yeah, we, should. we uh, should.
1: First of all, so this first question, he's hearing things from his friends about a longer wheelbase, longer wheelbase cars being better in the snow or better in weather than shorter cars. Mustafa, I've never heard that, to be honest. And well, maybe, maybe, the biggest thing long wheelbase gets you is a smoother ride. So if yeah, that smooths yeah. the motions stuff of better. the car yeah. out, and therefore it behaves better, Exactly. okay, I could see that. But generally, mm-hmm. it's about the way the car puts the traction down to the earth. So if it's a short, mm-hmm. stubby car with all-wheel drive, I, you know, okay. Well, yeah, I mean... Ask okay. those
0: people that have said that to you if if they think someone could survive the winter in a low slung rear wheel drive sports car because I bet you they're going to say it's not possible with you just couldn't do that you would die <laughs> yeah and I am over here uh, saying excuse me I'm the guy in the orange car that's passing you with winter tires that's <laughs> I'm not how that dying works.
1: not only am I not dying so, I'm making videos about it so yeah. yeah exactly so
0: so so there is a lot of I mean there is a lot of you know just this side of we're all going to die discussion that happens when people talk about winter driving and I'm sorry to beat the drum again. It's tires. It's the beginning and end of tires. So I would be much more concerned about that than the scale of the car. And the thing that I brought up with the FRS specifically that I find interesting, driving. Up, look, my wife's Cayenne is great in the snow, but it weighs twice what my FRS does. Sure. Oh yeah. And there is a part of me every time I drive the FRS that is very struck by the fact of. I have just less moving mass to worry about if something goes wrong, so there are there are trade-offs here. I'm not sure. saying you have to get a small car, but my point is that there is there are a lot of misconceptions from people's own experience. So I don't think that long wheelbase thing is necessarily required. Uh, you're you also ask about should you just go for the biggest sedan you can afford? I would say no. I, I mean, just. Get a car that you feel comfortable in that is going to be the right size for you. I mean, Paul and I laugh all the time. Paul goes goes on and on about it when we go to Europe because we see you know normal American-sized families, and yet they get into a tiny car, and they've made it work. With baby and, stuff. And, you know, with all their absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yep, yep. So th- there's that misconception as well. Look, I'll, I'm guilty. I'm fully guilty. My wife and I got a seven-seat GMC Acadia when she was pregnant, and— we loved it, and it was great. No, that's not fair. It was fine. That's the better <laughs> way to put say, it. Great. It did everything we expect. We right. did everything we ex- it expect. It was great because it, it it ran really well and did everything we expected it to do, and it was perfect for toddler life. Mm-hmm. But then we realized, why do we have a seven seat car? Why? 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 What do we? What were we expecting to happen? The only time that got used is when grandparents came into town. Otherwise, it was like, why do we have this enormous vehicle? Which was part of the reason we got rid of it. So I would say Mm -hmm. at this point, since you don't even have kids yet, you don't need to buy big. But what's interesting is you're asking questions about a limited budget of $21,000, $22,000, and you want to either lease or buy under 0% financing. You do not want to have an interest payment. That's an interesting conundrum that really pairs this down because now we're specifically looking for folks offering 0% financing.
1: sure. Sure. And at the end of the year is generally when they do that. Not always, but you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the calendar yep. year is when these really sweet deals, free money essentially, 0% financing on 60-month deals,
0: yeah, which they is great. pop
1: up, which is nice to be yep. able to take advantage yep. of. Uh, Mustafa, you asked something else about hatches. Yes, they can be more practical. You don't necessarily need to go for the biggest car with the biggest trunk. And mm-hmm. sure, you can split the seats. If the baby seat's back there and you need to split the seats, sure, why not? Absolutely. Uh, The list here, he's got, like I said, a very curated list. He's got Hyundai and Kia on here, as well as Subaru and Mazda. Interestingly, he's got a friend who sells Hyundai, so he could get an excellent deal, say a Sonata or an Elantra, something like that. Of course, the Kia Soul is on this list, which has really (laughs) lit me up, and I want to talk about this. And Impreza from Subaru and a Mazda 6, but I like that you suggested the Mazda 3 already. So, like mm-hmm. I said, you've got a great list going for, you know, some of these car manufacturers already have the 0% financing deal and yep. leasing deals yep. going on. Mm-hmm. You're really thinking about it already, and I think what Mustafa is really a- asking here is confirmation. Less of a
0: – To some degree. To some degree, you know, yeah.
1: Kind of out of the blue choice unless you've got one.
0: I'm curious. I have a wild card. I have a complete wild card that struck me as I thought about this. I want to speak to some of his choices, both pro and con. And I've got a, a total wild card as well that I think you should take a very serious look at, Mustafa, because it is so different but I think could really meet your needs. I mean, we're talking about a small, usable, reliable family car with no finance charges and new. That's that's an interesting, very specific situation here. And I, and I appreciate all the legwork that you've done. I want to speak to the Hyundai real quick and just say in the case of the Hyundai if you can get the Sonata do, get it over the Elantra it's it's just a better car it's just a nicer car. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with the Elantra necessarily, but that is a place where I would I would roll the dice for space and get the Sonata. I think you'd be happier in that car. The Kia Soul, I want to give you give you space Paul to rant about how awesome it is, but I will say it is I think for a family smaller inside than you expect.
1: Okay, all right them them are fighting words but we'll we'll dice that one up
0: <laughs> them thems are well, fighting words I mean, right there go go for it i mean i think about the time that that you and chance and i had one with all of our gear and it was like it was like a clown car moment there there was yeah. it was really difficult to get all of that in that in that car now granted we're three big guys with a lot of big gear but if you start filling it with baby stuff i think that thing's going to start feeling small pretty fast
1: it could. It could. I, I just don't want Mustafa to go big sedan right away. I just feel like you're going to be swimming around in this thing. And you oh, think, I agree. Well, no, I, I'm not suggesting that either. Compact. Could we, Yeah. you know, could the car dictate less sippy cups in our lives? Less Cheerios? <laughs> less? No.
0: No, there's know. there's that there is no dam that that holds that tide back. There there just isn't. <laughs> it will be sippy cups and thrown Cheerios. You know what you need, Mustafa, is a dog. That's what you need. Uh, uh. No, nothing. You, you don't realize the value of the dog that begs until you have the toddler that drops food, and then you suddenly go, uh, the floor is clean. That's awesome. I I that's cool. That my dog became like this extra like sniper for for baby food when my son was born. I so, just had yeah. the
1: best that, that would, idea. Oh, Uh -oh. my gosh. All right. Hang with me for 41 seconds here. You know how Honda Odysseys – you know how the minivans have the built-in vacuum cleaner in the back?
0: (laughs) I know where you're going. Keep going. I think I know where you're going. Keep going.
1: Honda should, instead of the vacuum cleaner, put a small dog in a cage in the back. (laughs) And they could get them from the pound. So not only would it solve – The Mm -hmm. You know, getting dogs from the pound and and giving them to a a wonderful home and a a great family to be with. You let them out of the cage. They eat the Cheerios so they get full. And they vacuum the car and they'll clean the baby's Mm -hmm. face off. And then they just kind of go back in their cubby and hang out with you. And you can put them in your purse. You can take them on a walk. The
0: Honda – the Honda Odyssey K9 Edition. I see where you're going. What do you think? Yeah, all right. And
1: all the yeah, little well, hey. yappy dogs can be in the Odysseys. They just they come with the dog and a <laughs> certificate for <laughs> dog food.
0: Your Odyssey now complete with dog That's 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 genius. It's actually genius. And I'm picturing the commercial now with a little dog with a little bow in its hair, which I just I I want to punt that dog when I see it. Instead of a vacuum cleaner isn't happy to
1: see you, you can teach your your Honda dog to play frisbee with you. (laughs) Teach
0: your Honda dog. That's
1: right. the Honda Dog.
0: No. What do you think of a Honda Dog idea? Let's. I actually think there's a there's a borderline genius there, but uh, I, I I do want to wrench us back to Mustafa. How do I question. capitalize on this? Um, How do I
1: make money off this? That's my big question. I'm
0: I'm, I'm frightened. Is what is what's happened huh. over here? Uh, did you have any other uh, pro Kia Soul uh, marches you wanted to do real quick?
1: Yes, as a matter of fact, I'd like to talk to you about the 2017 Kia Soul Exclaim, which has recently been announced. Mustafa, this car has a 200 horsepower, 201 horsepower, turboed 1.6 liter engine. As I said, recently announced. Interestingly, it's okay. more efficient than the prior lower horsepower engines.
0: Hmm. hmm, Okay. This
1: just—it's it, not for sale yet, as of this recording. It, you know, of course, in the future it will be everywhere. But it was introduced under a different name at the at some Korean motor show. I believe it will be called the Exclaim in the U.S.-North American market. So the 2017 Kia Soul Exclaim. It comes with not the CVT because Mustafa's very concerned about not having the CVT. But it has a genuine seven-speed dual-clutch transmission. The interior is improved. It looks like the interface and the screen are vastly improved. And the best part Hmm. ever, 315-watt stereo. I mean, you can keep the baby warm with the music, with the... Keep
0: the it's, baby warm with the music. It's, the it's, ba- the bass has created so much friction in the body panels that you don't have to turn on the heater. That's seriously. what's happened here. Yeah, I okay. mean, I see. All the right.
1: stereo is the best part about it. You can blow the doors off this thing. <laughs> it looks great. I am so all about the soul. I don't know the price yet, but I can't imagine it would blow past your $21,000 budget.
0: But 200 horsepower. I continue to be boggled. (sighs) I I am so boggled that somehow you have caught that car, and it's just under your skin, and you just want to talk about it. The Kia Soul, of all things, that is so counteractive or counterintuitive to everything else that you have in your car life. I know. Isn't that (laughs) funny? A part of me, honestly, Paul, wants you to sell your Jeep and buy a Kia Soul for peanuts, just so you can be like that's the real throw around car. It it would so be so you can just you can just bring that whole idea home. I I do like this. I have to say <laughs> that, you know, speaking of the stereo with a toddler, I will say this. You know what you want when you have a toddler? You just want quiet. <laughs> you just want quiet. I don't care how loud the stereo can be if mm. they're going to be quiet. I'd like to enjoy the quiet. Mm, but mm, I take your okay. point. There is a nice stereo in that. But, I, hey, I, I I see you keeping banging on about the Kia Soul. Uh, yeah, I they do think it's interesting it. that Mustafa. They
1: made it I, faster. I How awesome. It is cool.
0: I, it <sighs> is cool, yes. and And Kia and Hyundai were fans of both. And, yeah, those deals are available. You have said you definitely don't want CVT, which is interesting compared to one of the things you brought up, and I want to come back to that. You want the basics. You want cruise control, AC, Bluetooth, heat, Ideally heated seats, maybe. You want some tech, but you don't want to go nuts because you're worried about that stuff candidly breaking. But you do have on your shortlist the Subaru Impreza. And while I think that's a great idea, and I think the Crosstrek may be even a better idea, I do submit this to you. That, my friend, is a CVT. Yeah. Now, as huh. CVTs go, that is one of the best ones out there. Now, that's like saying the best of the ugly girls. I'm we sorry, but that's really least. what we're talking about.
1: Let's put it that way. Well, but... What Subaru
0: has genuinely done, what Super's genuinely done is they've made uh, set ratios, which a CVT doesn't have ratios. They've made set ratios that that, cor- uh, that correspond to gear selection. So when you're in first, you're not really in first, but they've selected a, a ratio that is your first gear. So you can drive it if you want with the paddles, kind of like a normal automatic. and candidly, it does that pretty well. But it is actually a CVT. Now, it doesn't feel like the Nissan ones or the Toyota ones. But if you want to really avoid CVT, you have to take the Impreza off your own list. Since you've brought it up, I will say yes, of course. Great all-wheel drive, good hatchback, affordable. The Crosstrek is a nice option. Even the base Impreza is pretty cool. I think all of those are good. They aren't my favorites, but I'm glad you've gotten them on here.
1: Mustafa, I looked up the Nissan Murano, which is the new, new design I really like. I'm really appreciating this car. Nissan really did well. They they tried hard on the smaller SUV and they did well. Unfortunately, it's out of the price range here. If that if that should ever pique your interest, at least worth a look. Hey, look, Black Friday starts now. What the? That's on Nissan's website. Honestly, mm-hmm. unbelievable. All right, so uh, yeah, the Nissan Murano. It's it's way up there. It's another ten grand, eight nine grand past your budget. But I do really like them. And uh, the big problem with those are but, the CVTs. So pay more and get yeah, a CVT. Yeah, that's the thing.
0: Unless hmm, unless, maybe not. The, Unless you're talking about the 370Z or the GTR, Nissan is all in on CVTs, yeah. which is sad. It just it takes them out of consideration so quickly <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, I get it. You're chasing efficiency, but what are you gaining? A mile per, uh, per gallon or two, maybe, with the CVT? I, I, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, and for non-enthusiast buyers, they might not even notice. They put the gear into they, they D. Won't D and they won't I notice. They won't notice. I move about town. I do my thing.
0: Well, so I don't know if you've ever read some of these, but I've read some, you know, some every now and then there's a few websites out there that are, that are car mechanics talking about their most absurd discussions with customers, and some mechanic talking about how he'd they'd sold some person that didn't know much about cars some brand new Nissan, and they brought it in like two or three times for the whine that the engine did under acceleration. <laughs> and they were trying to explain to this person, that's just what it does with a CVT. It finds itself at 4,000 RPMs and sits there from 20 miles an hour to 80. It just sits there and grinds away, and you think the engine's whining. That's because it is. That's because it's the CVT. <laughs> that's because it is. Anyway. I mean,
1: if you've got gardening and lawn care to do, you can use it as a wood chipper in addition to driving around town. So that's the benefit of CBTs. the,
0: (laughs) The place that Mustafa went that I actually think is key here is Mazda. Uh, and I wanted to talk about a few of the Mazda models because I think you've got choice at Mazda. The thing about Mazda that you're going to like in this situation is they have a lot of models right now that are 0% financing for 60 months, mm-hmm. so score big time there under across a lot of models. Now, you can do it on the Impreza. You can do it on the, all the ones you brought up, but the, the Mazda, the mantra in general is to they want to make driver's cars. Their cars are generally more fun than the competition, whatever one you buy, so uh i think that that really is the primary place to be i have a wild card for you as well but i think mazda is a great place to be and i want to suggest to you that i think you'd be very happy size wise price wise and definitely amenities with a mazda 3. i think you'd be thrilled with a mazda 3. the 6 is awesome but the 6 is a higher price point only if you think you need that space but you get the five-door hatch of the mazda 3 that car starts just under 20 grand uh, and so you're going to be able to find yourself a deal. You've got the 60-month, 60, uh, 60 0%. I love that. But then I also think you should take a serious look at the CX-3. That is a little brother to the CX-5. That has the same price point as the Mazda 3 hatch. If you want to get something a little bit more SUV style, I mean, maybe your wife climbs in and goes, I like this ride height better. You have that small <CX-3> SUV sure, uh, scale available. I I don't know that it's going to have candidly as much space as the Mazda 3, but I think the CX 3 is a great alt.
1: It's going to be about the size of the Soul, maybe. The Soul might being slightly boxier, might have a little bit more
0: tumble home. It's it it may be room, a dice roll. I take that. Yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, yeah, you'll just have to go drive them and uh, open the hatch and sit there and stare at it and imagine full of stuff, and mm-hmm. then decide from there.
0: Just. How much plastic could we put in the back of this car? How Can we get plastic st- and groceries in here? That's take, right. Take your, take your baby seat along and plug it in and see what it does. I mean these these are, I mean these are legitimate things. Don't don't think you'll be the first. If you take the baby seat to the car dealer, you will not be the first to do that. So that is a possibility of you, if you if you want to think along those lines. But take so, all the I mean, other stuff you guys in your aren't life too. Take a
1: bunch of toys, you know, <laughs> plastic junk and stuff it in there. And Sir, then I'm going to
0: need I'm going to need a half hour and some time to trash this car. So you just walk away, and I'll see how much it reminds me of actual parenting. I know you're not at that step yet, but I'm, we're just enjoying it anyway.
1: Oh, funny. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Mustafa, I hope this really helps you out, and congratulations on your growing family. And uh, Did you
0: have anything else? Because I, I want to talk wild card for him. Oh, though.
1: you've got still got the wild card. Oh, great. Well, I'm still all about the soul. I think soul for the win. Oh, okay. Soul for the win. Right. Because the Murano's out. Uh yes. larger Hyundai SUVs are out too expensive. Yes. The Agreed. CX-5 Agreed. could work. I liked your CX-3 suggestion, but the Mazda CX-5 could work but at the very base model. They really go up from there and you yeah. can top one out almost 30 grand, which
0: is Yeah, I think know, it might it might break the price point here. Yeah. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. only reason I didn't go cuz I would prefer the CX-5 for this scenario, but I think it's out of budget. Soul for the which win. Which leads me soul baby. Well, you, you think so, but this leads me to my wild card which you had said, Mustafa, either lease or buy on 0%. I'm going to say on this car, wildcard, lease only. Because the deal on this car is $199 a month for 36 okay. months. All right. Which is a great deal. Consider as an alternative, as a total wildcard, left field thing, the Nissan Leaf for your family car. I don't know how much driving you do. But hmm. comes standard with heated seats, has a back bench that actually will fold down. Uh, that back bench will take three adults because there's no there's no traditional drivetrain or anything. So packaging-wise, it works really well. It doesn't have a huge hatch, but it has a hatch similar to the other cars we're talking about. Everyone I know that owns one loves it. You might even be able to get some sort of, uh, of refund, depending upon all kinds of things I'm not going to get into, but depending upon your area and, and everything going on, you might be able to even get a refund for having one. But the reality is, you're getting yourself into brand new technology, which as we know, changes every five minutes, but there's no long-term commitment here. 199 a month is nothing. You're gonna have no gas bill on that car. Your electric bill will go up a tiny bit. No gas bill on that car. The, the biggest question in my mind about can that work is, I don't know how much driving you do. That car legitimately gets about 100 miles on its battery. So depending upon what your day looks like, it could be great. Most Nissan dealers will also charge them for free. There's a lot of, we talked about it before, a lot of electric charging stations around most big cities that are available if you get there first. I think you should take a serious look at that car. It's left field, it's different, but it's the right size, it's the right money. That could be a real good family car.
1: Hmm. I like that you found that offer because uh, on the website here, they're advertising starting out at 30 but yeah, yes. if you could just
0: do the lease, that would be... Mm-hmm. That would be something it's, to consider. It's too expensive to buy. It's too expensive to buy. But I, I still submit. I stand by the fact of if you're buying this cutting-edge technology car stuff, if you're buying an electric car, you're better off to lease because, like your phone, you're trading it back in and you're getting the newest, latest, greatest. Your combustion engine car isn't going to change that much in three years. The, you know, the new model isn't going to be that different. Your electric car could have twice the battery range. Mm-hmm. And now you have your electric car that you're, quote, unquote, stuck with. So I think leasing is the way to go in this kind of technology. And this LEAF deal on lease, is it's really staggeringly good. A LEAF lease. I leased a LEAF. Yes. I, I, I had to be careful there. I had a, yeah, rubber baby bucky bumpers moment. Yeah, because I, <laughs> can't you know, even I do that. kind of hard. It's mm-hmm. funny. No, I can't. That's, that's why I had to be careful. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I like the idea a lot. Um, there's just one problem with the LEAF. I, I All the... Everything is good that you said. The problem is mm-hmm. you're going to have to shield your eyes when you walk up to the car because oh, it's yes. so ugly. Yes, you're just going to have mm-hmm. to turn oh, yeah. away. It's mm-hmm. hideous. I, styling approach plays with a big caution. Part. Yeah, it plays a big part approach in my choice. with caution.
0: But that's I know it big, does. I know it does. That's no, big. I mean all the Mazdas we've talked about are are genuinely sexy cars in their segment. They're re- they're even the design of they Mazda's really is killing are. it right now.
1: They really the are. The
0: interior. Actually. Of the Mazda is beating the Subaru we talked about. The the exterior of the Mazda is beating the Subaru. I mean, Mazda's really, really doing great work. But I think this Leaf is a genuine alternative. And yeah, it's, it's not attractive. But if it checks every other box, I think it could be a really good choice.
1: <laughs> and you'll force everyone else to look at it because you'll be inside it. So... Exactly.
0: exactly: Now once you climb into it, you're in your own little spaceship, and you don't have to look at it anymore. It's the same thing we say about the Panamera. Awesome to drive, you should own one, hey. just close your eyes and walk away. Hey. you know I mean, Cotton, hey, yeah. hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm staying with it. Look, I'll, I'll yeah. give to you that the new one is sexy. The new one as much as I like as much as I like the, the Panamera to drive, up until this redesign they're just launching now, we're all acknowledging the fact it's not as attractive as it should be. And I don't drink the Porsche Kool-Aid, so I'm just going to call it ugly and move on.
1: (laughs) All right. So we'll truly move on to the second car debate here for Lance. He is an American stationed in Germany, originally from Buffalo, New York, and writes to us asking for help for his next car when he Mm -hmm. moves back to the States. So, of course, that means he's got a little bit of time to choose and to think about here. But he's had this large list, sort of a laundry list of things that he's owned, in addition yeah, to yeah. the JDM car that he's got now. Uh, was that the Legacy? Is that what I'm reading? Yeah, ninety nine yep. ninety nine Legacy. Legacy
0: that he has done a ton to, and it's it's a Japanese version, so he can't even bring that back to the states, which is what leads him to buying something new when he's here. But there's tons of great stuff on this list.
1: Yeah, there is. Again, he's got a really curated thoughtful list here it's not huge mm-hmm. but Lance great job that you're you're thinking about stuff already with a forty five thousand dollar budget and that screams right up to the Paul limiter which is <laughs> uh, how does everybody yep. keep doing that? Oh, man.
0: It's awesome. I I, I, lo- I love that it's become a thing. In fact, Mustafa up here even gave it a registered trademark, which I think is That's awesome. That's true. We really ought to. He we really did. ought to get on that and, and, and officially tra- trademark that so that you don't have to put TM by it. It's one You can one put circle out. R. Paul Limited yeah, exactly. trademarked. <laughs> oh, oh no! But but that goes next to CPO certified Paul owned. I mean, there's a whole category of stuff that just helps you in, as a, as the buying public in relation to. And we also last uh, podcast had the Paul bot. So eventually there will be an entire Paul ecosystem to help you <laughs> buy your car.
1: I didn't think about that. You're right. We're up to three. Yeah, now. it's
0: frightening. Huh. It's frightening. It really right. is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the crazy long-haired Chevy SS guy, and you're over there with like a whole ecosystem for car buying. This is who we are. And don't forget uh, my yeah. Honda
1: dog. Don't forget.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Honda dog. <laughs> I tried to forget, and he brought it back. I did. Okay. Can Can you call the dog Hoover? Just Just to solve the there problem, we go. can we just call the dog Hoover? And okay, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> so you've I'm had a Eclipse RS. Speechless. You've had a a, a, a prelude. A Lincoln aviator, a, uh, I think you need mean navigator. I think that's a misspelling, my friend. Uh, WRX. Uh, no, it's and, not, actually. Uh,
1: the aviator was the Mercury, whatever, the Mercury mistress. Not the mistress, but you know what I mean. The uh, It was the aviator. It was the small explorer. It was Lincoln does the explorer.
0: That's right. It was the oh aviator. Because you, know, you know the problem I'm minutes. having over here. You, you know the problem that I'm having over here is our slogan for Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln, nothing to see here. So that's why I completely forgot about the Aviator. You're yeah. right, the Aviator. That is not a, – a, yeah, sorry, my bad. You're totally right. There it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So you've had a lot of stuff, but this, this legacy is on its way out. You even had – you had to admit that you loved it – a 2012 Acura TL, and that kind of spoiled you to amenities. So you're coming back to the States. You really – you'll probably be back and forth to Buffalo a lot. You don't know if that's where you'll – You'll be based, but that'll be a place you'll keep coming back to. You'll probably wind up somewhere snowy. You want to have all your options, so all-wheel drive is a requirement, as are four doors. You've got two kids, so four doors are a requirement. The TL has got you thinking amenities are cool, but you want manual transmission, $45,000, and fun. This is going to be a track car. It's going to be a lot of things, so this gets fun pretty quick.
1: It does. And uh, part of Lance's story here is that, as you said, he's got a couple of kids. They're outdoorsy, a very outdoorsy family. He's been on track. He's been on the Nurburgring, by the way. If you haven't been and you would like to go, we know people who are going.
0: Anyway, <laughs> we do actually. We know a couple people that are going. You're right. That's true.
1: <laughs> but uh, up to this point, Lance has been a Subaru guy, as you could probably tell from the list here of. Turbo, what, uh, Turbo Eclipse, 99 Prelude, all the stuff that you mentioned.
0: There's the harvest stuff. But he had a WRX that he tuned to 300 horsepower, and he has the, the legacy that is his, has been his favorite car ever. So that's really embedded him in Subaru. But he's trying to branch out. So we appreciate that. that You're, you're growing and stretching. We like that. That's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, the thing that you mentioned here, Lance, is the Focus RS. And I am just super latched onto this. Interestingly, people are already selling them for Mm -hmm. right about that price range. And that could be why you mentioned this, of course. But they're already for sale. And I'm actually – I'm almost more curious about why people are selling them. Why are there so many for sale with a couple thousand miles on them? They must have ordered them. They bought them all excited. And then something – what happened? What – you know, where – where do that's we go a, wrong,
0: you know? That's a new car I have it you don't disease. I mean, there are there are people at any at any time who they hear about the new hotness car. I mean, honestly, it even happened with the FRS and BRZ.
1: Oh, yeah. We've they, talked they, about this. People that
0: bought in to the, oh, look, I can have the first one. Nobody's ever seen one. I can roll up to wherever and the first one anybody's ever seen. And as soon as that wears off, they move on. There's always a contingent of that, or you know, Matt Farah has gone back and forth. He was going to sell his RS, now he's kept it, and his big debate was, "I'm never driving this in the way it's really fun. I'm commuting in it, and that's awful." Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's all of those kind yeah. of realities. I mean, he's he's settled here on uh, Lance has settled here on the STI and the RS as his two top contenders, and he's debating between the two. He doesn't want a WRX. He wants the, the more power, better brakes, better you know track setup version STI. So he's doing STI versus Focus RS, which has my brain running around a little bit. I wanted to speak to those two choices, and I wanted to add a couple uh, that I think he All definitely right. needs to drive. I mean, he's, he's really saying which of these two, A or B, STI or Focus RS. But I want to broaden this discussion a bit, too.
1: I'm glad that you are. Keep in mind that he's looking at something new. I went, I started to go down the used route, as I kind of mm-hmm, usually do mm-hmm. here, and I came up with the Golf R from 2013. I thought, well, we've driven the integrated engineering tune car, which is a riot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, used car, they're going to be very reliable because they've really worked out all the kinks. But, again, used car. And I keep coming back to the the shoot that you and I did with – all four mm-hmm. of the superstars, including the Focus RS. That's the key
0: thing. That's the key and, thing. And right you know, there, I here agree.
1: here he's mentioned that. I just have lasered in on five of these. I plugged your requirements into the internet, Lance, and came up with five of Uh-oh. them. All okay. right about forty-three to forty-five thousand dollars. The one with the most miles is twenty nine hundred miles. Still brand new. My gosh. I mean, it's huh. right in the sweet spot. I really like that car. And hmm. this is going to be a case for me of just agreeing with you. I love your story. I love that you've had a lot okay. of cars, and I love that you've had a lot of horsepower. Because some folks have written yeah. in and said, yeah. "Well, you know, power, yes, but you know, here Lance has had this, you know, 300 wheel horsepower WRX, mm-hmm. which means yeah. he's used to the power and he can handle it, and that's why I thought of integrated engineering, something like that." But again, sure, I see that. It's, it's, you know, a lot of steps to get there when you could get a Focus RS right. I mean, they've got them right now. No more ordering and waiting. They've got them right now. True, true. Black, blue, black, blue, black, blue.
0: Cool. There you go. Well, there, there you go. If you like a black or a blue one, you're in luck. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, you know, you've actually touched on something that I wanted to come back to, and that is I do think that Lance needs to go and drive the Golf R. You've liked the amenities of your Acura TL. Mm-hmm. The Golf yeah. R, I mean, watch our piece. The Golf R is a gr- genuinely a great car. It's not as fun as the others featured in that piece. But it does everything else at such a high level, and it is by far the nicest just, I'm going to take a road trip in this car of the group. It's the one I'd least want to take to the track, but it's the one I'd most want to take on a commute. So so how much usage are you going to get and in what direction? And, yes, somebody out there is going, yeah, and when you plug in the APR tune, it's – I get it. I know. <laughs> That is more power. He, he right. would like more power, though. So maybe right. that solves it. It doesn't change the driving dynamics, but it does change the power. You could, you could get a Golf R for your money. I think you at least have to go drive that car as, as a comparison piece so that you know before you jump in that RS would the Golf R make more sense. I think the fact that that TL has intrigued you with its amenities so much makes the Golf R a genuine option, and I'll go you one further. If you find a deal, you might be able to go Audi S3 as an alt. Now, I would say only get the S3 if you can get it for Golf R money. I don't think it's worth the jump. But if you'd rather that sedan form, I mean, you've kind of lasered in kind of toward the Focus RS, which is obviously a hatch. But if you'd rather the sedan form factor, the S3 is the Golf R sedan. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, you can get them in manual. Well, you can't get the S3 in manual, but you can get the Golf R in manual. So I guess that takes the S3 out, doesn't it? I guess it's true. Well, I've talked it's a myself good consideration.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I like it. And I'm I'm liking that you came up with that. Uh, I, I didn't dislike it because Volkswagen does a great dual clutch. They really do. We like that sure, car. We've sure. driven it a lot. And it's nothing to sneeze at and just be dismissive. But if you have to have the manual... That's true. You're kind of back to the Golf R. So
0: And and you're going I do like it. Honestly, right? I Thoughts. I much prefer the Golf R in in the manual. I mean, and I know somebody's going, "DSG's faster." Faster isn't necessarily better. I know that seems insane for a car guy to say, but I'm putting it out there. The Golf R is better with a manual. Now, look, it's not the greatest manual transmission ever, but you want a manual, and I think that's great. Uh, I think you must drive that car. And I have mm-hmm. two wild cards for you. They get wilder and wilder, but I I feel like your top three are really you like the STI already, so no surprise you'll probably like it when you drive it again. Drive the Focus RS. I actually think the Focus RS is more fun and more interesting than the STI. I know you don't agree, Paul, but I think it is. Um, Wait, the I think Focus that car RS is up there. The RS.
1: I think it is. You're a oh, big yeah. fan of
0: the STI now. Okay, I am. All right. Oh All right. yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you'd go over the hump with me. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know you I, like I mean, the STI a lot more than I do.
1: I, I like the STI, but I still the the RS is still just that much more, just a hair. Okay. But I okay. I really do like it as far as engagement and feedback and all that stuff. The STI is just a hoot to beat on, but again, Absolutely. The, the RS I, I like the styling better. I like a lot of mm-hmm. the dynamics mm-hmm. better. So yeah, no, I I'm I'm all there. I'm all there.
0: And it's and it's more it's a bit more usable. I mean, there's a lot of reviews out there that are talking about how the Focus RS, and and they're right. The Focus RS is a stiff-riding car, but very few people talk about the fact that you actually do have settings for the suspension. And the track setting, I will tell you right now, is I'm not sure what track that's for. I mm-hmm. would never drive the track setting in the Focus RS on the Nurburgring. You'd get shaken right off the track. Spa, maybe. Spa is like glass. Maybe, maybe it would work yeah. on spa. But it it is possibly the most aggressive track setting I've ever encountered on a car. But thankfully, in any of the modes, you can turn it back to normal people setting and survive. So I think the RS is a great candidate. You must drive the Golf R. I'm going to go there. One of my wild cards. You say you want new. What about finding a, oh, look, we still have one on the lot, Mitsubishi Evo 10. (laughs) What about doing that? What about walking in and saying, seriously, I mean, you haven't owned one yet. They are nutty and so much fun. If, you, if, if you're leaning focus-wise toward fun, winner. Winner. Done. Now, if it's commuting, you're going to wind up in the Golf R. But if you're leaning toward fun, Evo, however, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to talk them out of some money because they still have it lingering on the lot and isn't that weird, so let me take it off your hands. And then probably spend the money you saved on ripping out those front seats and putting in some Mercaros again (laughs) because you just can't – you will not tolerate that car without them. So that was one wild card. And then I went really wild. Did you have anything else before I go just off the reservation completely?
1: Uh, I'm bated breath. I am all about the Focus RS over here, but keep going.
0: Okay. All right. I know you've said new. I know. So this is why this is my super-duper ridiculous wild card. But I just thought for half your budget, for half your budget, Audi RS4. Okay. Put the rest of the money in the bank. Maintain it. Amazing engine, fun to drive, interesting car, unique <laughs> With personality. The other yes. half
1: maintain the car.
0: <laughs> the... No, you you will. That's true. I mean, you've saved. It's... I've saved you half your budget, but you're going to be putting money into it. I know you are. Yeah. But that yeah. is a unique animal. That is a cool car. I'm into like they haven't mowed this part of the field in ages. Wild card ridiculously in the weeds <laughs> territory, okay? I'm way out there. I know I don't think I am.
1: GPS can find you. You're so far out there. Google Earth hasn't heard of Well, not, of in, a, not in an
0: RS4. They didn't have GPS. So, yeah, it, I'm, I'm really lost. It's a 10-year-old car. But I, I, I just thought, okay, that does check all the boxes, and it's well within the price point. It's just old. So, uh, but I have to put that in there. Come on. Audi RS4 is a cool car.
1: It's a cool car. It's cool looking. And uh, I, I like that. That's interesting. But, yes, the maintenance is something you're going to have to Way you're just gonna have For to sure. do that, For sure. but yep, the, the cool factor and the just the V8 alone could win you over. Just the sound and the noise and the yeah, the push of that and car it, could, could win. I you
0: wound over. up there because it has all the amenities that it's still gonna feel like a nice car inside, you know. The, oh, the Audi's
1: great, it'll just be exactly. I mean, it's older, a, it may
0: be a 10 year old car, but amenities wise, it's gonna feel like a three or four year old car. Okay, so sure. there, it was it was sure. far enough ahead at the time. So I mean, the things you're going to lose out on are going to be things like I don't have a good nav screen. Okay, but you know, all your heated seats and the seats in that are great. All of those kind of amenities are going to be great. Fantastic engine with personality, cool looking car, fun to drive. It is all of those things. It's a nice blending. But it is an older car. So uh, that's where I'm way probably off of what he'd ever do. But, hey, Lance, we're throwing out ideas anyway.
1: No, it's all good. And I will make a uh, slight caveat. The RS4 still soldiers on continues in Europe because we don't get it here. We refer to it as a 10-year-old car. But it's still available. You're right. It's very much uh, healthy and alive and very nice and expensive in Europe. but. And the rest of the planet, as I might add. <laughs> See, back to choice. Fair. Why do we not yeah. get the RS4? Okay. And why don't we get manual performance wagons like a 99 BMW 540i manual wagon? That We, we could all- sell those cars. We could sell the daylights out of those cars
0: we we would sell all of three of those cars to the people in the audience that have the money for it and are looking for that and then we would cackle with laughter because they got themselves a great car. So we could move are you listening to us? We could move all of three of those. But um but I will also say, you know, speaking of the the more updated uh, RS4 doesn't come with a manual. Right. So That's even true. if we had That's it, true. it wouldn't necessarily work here. That one that we did get is great. It does everything we're talking about except for the fact that it's old. So yeah, hopefully, Lance, somehow in all of that madness, we've helped you somewhat. And uh, we hope you and your family have a safe transition back here to the US when you are stationed back here shortly. And we'd love to hear what you wind up with.
1: Yep. All right. As I said, uh, (laughs) more time for questions right. Here's us talking. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I (laughs) I will jump right in to our great friend, Nate Kuhn. He's out in Chicago and asks us, what cars did you guys first learn to drive with? Not necessarily the first you own, but the first I Mm -hmm. ever got a chance Mm -hmm. to drive. Yeah. Uh, It was a Toyota pickup truck that I first got Hmm. a chance to drive. But I will add to that, a little bit cooler is the car I learned to drive stick shift in, which was my dad's 1987 Volkswagen Jetta GLI. Hmm. Five speed, which was wow, five forward gears, amazing.
0: Yeah, and
1: whoa, we're living in the future. <laughs> wow, the future is here. <laughs> but what's so funny is at 4,000 RPM, or yeah, 7580 on the freeway, it was at 4,000 RPM. It needed a sixth gear, and uh, sure. it was really not good. It suffered from the the uh, Mitsubishi Evo 10 five speed problem very yeah, much so.
0: Yeah, that's a hard car on the freeway. But uh, yeah.
1: yeah, the the truck not so interesting, but uh but definitely the GLI. I have fond memories of that car. It
0: was That's funny. It, it was fun. Funny. Well, as I've talked about before, uh, I wound up in a hand-me-down Caprice Classic uh, when I first uh, had a car, and uh, that's actually what I learned to drive it as well. So we're talking about the 90s. looks like a cop car Caprice Classic. My dad practically bought them an entire truckload in his lifetime. He just kept buying those cars, finding deals on them and buying them. <laughs> so I learned most of my driving, like when my dad taught me and drove, when I drove with the family, I was driving the Caprice. However, my, um, my driver's ed car was a Pontiac Beretta, and I thought it was Retta? awesome. Uh huh. I thought it was awesome. I was wrong, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Huh. Remember that car? Yeah. In fact, Pontiac got sued by the gunmaker, and I, somehow they settled. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they, they, they. they took a bunch of their names and went, no, it's a natural progression from this name to this name to this name. We just came up with Beretta. And the gun company went, no, you didn't. That's ours. We have a copyright. There was a there was a big lawsuit. Night. I forget how it, how it rolled out. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that car died and so did Pontiac. So that's clearly gone. But yeah, that was the other car that I ended up learning to drive in. So funny, keep going.
1: Funny. Uh, jumping in here, our friend Colin House, who I just saw this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a panamera gts everyone and it's really
0: it's, nice it's, it's gorgeous it's gorgeous it's amazing it's, in spite of the fact that the panamera there's that car just has presence in gts form oh. a great exhaust note which is kind of the problem here he loves that exhaust note and that makes it hard to step out of that and colin drives that car too we've been on a fun drive with him and he will hoon that car on a back road and he takes it and tracks it so this is a panamera getting used as a commute car and everything else it can do so hat tip to him for that He's got a cool question here. Keep going.
1: Yeah. he. Uh, I, I'm admiring his car this morning, and he starts it up and just said, oh, man, that sounds great. And he said, well, this is why I didn't buy a Tesla. And I laughed. Mm-hmm. And that's his question. How do you make up for the rumble of the Porsche engine over the Tesla, which is why it's the single biggest reason he's not switching over to a Tesla anytime soon? Just mm. that engine note alone. And I'm having trouble answering this question other than you don't. I don't know how you make up for that. Well, it depends on your proclivities. Yeah. Are you into the Nicely tech done. side, or are you just into? I, I'm a driver. I've got to have the the rumble, the the power. But you can't mm-hmm. claim the Tesla doesn't have power. It just, you know, true, it's it's true. a different technological mindset. So, I well, I, I, I,
0: just I think, think, you've think hit you hit on. It. Don't. I mean, I thought about I thought about two other ways to think this through. One of them is think about the new seven one eight Cayman i know we haven 't driven it yet, but I mean we know a good, a good amount about it, and Tom you know drove the the uh, boxter version yeah. in germany yeah the, we're, what we 're talking about here, Colin, is trade offs ultimately we 're talking about trade offs, and what do you get out of what do you gain from having that loss there isn 't a way to make up for that loss the the sound 's just gone it, it, it won 't come back it 's gone, but mm-hmm. that 's the debate with the seven one eight versus the, the the flat six version of the cayman. The sound has changed the sound's not as interesting but yet you're gaining there's chassis refinement in there and there's a lot more usable torque in all the normal places you drive. I mean, we talk about the Fiesta ST all the time. The reason it's fun is because it has lots of torque all the places you normally use a car. That's where these 718s are going. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. you you gained things for sure and we're going to put a we're going to put the GTS with the 718 and have a, an actual on-camera back-to-back drive discussion of this. But based on what we understand, I mean, you're gaining things in the 718, no question, and you're losing things. So there's that trade-off, And it made me think of, I know this is random, but follow me. There's a restaurant I go to here in Salt Lake fairly regularly. And the girl behind the counter has one of those, it it, it seems fake, those baby doll woman's voices where it's it's really high-pitched and she sounds like she's five years old. And the first time I heard it, I thought because she was kidding around with one of the other people behind the counter, and I thought it was a joke. But I've been in there two or three other times, and that's just this woman's voice. That's that's just <laughs> she's a grown woman, and this is her voice. And it boggles my mind. Tapping back into that thing I said about the octaves, little girls can achieve. This is her octave. She's sure. a, she's a grown woman with a baby doll voice. She's married. There's a ring on her finger. My point here is, someone finds that lovable. Someone finds that voice. Is it's not an issue? Okay. I'm sure she's a wonderful person. I'm sure you know they have a great marriage. Great, wonderful. My point is, there's trade-offs here. I'm trying to land the plane. Follow me. There's trade-offs here. You're
1: getting there. Push the stick forward, and you would would, would lose.
0: (laughs) Try not to fall in the ditch, Todd. Good job. But you would you would definitely lose the the sound. But there's a different feel that might be intriguing enough to get you over the hump. You're going to have to go, I lost that, but I gained this. What is that gain? I think it's a personal thing. You know, the the no-shifting the no shifting sensation of power is really intriguing to a lot of people. The tech interface is really intriguing to a lot of people. If that doesn't draw you into the car, then it's not going to make up for the fact that the sound is gone. But it's this give-and-take kind of scenario that we're all getting into as tech. I mean, we you and I debate it, Paul, with the electric versus hydraulic steering. Mm-hmm. We'll have a car that feels like it's progressed yeah. in every way, but it lost steering feel. Yeah, yeah. but it progressed in every way. So, ah, oh, and I'm a steering feel snob. Yes, you But I can are. see those trade offs a lot of times. So, anyway.
1: Well, clearly the answer is that Porsche needs to build that e-tron sooner rather than yep. later,
0: because
1: <laughs> now we're talking. If it's the electric car that says Porsche on it, I'll just be salivating. I mean, I'm going to be in a well, puddle.
0: You, you'll have no to one's surprised. Pour me out. I. No yeah. one's surprised, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I get that. I get that. But, we uh, had uh, we had Joshua Booth write in as well, and he asked me about uh, changing the shift knob on my FRS. Did I do that? Yes, I did. I uh, traded out the the stock shift knob, which is honestly as many things in that car as they got right as far as driver interaction. They got the seat position right. The seats are great. The distance of everything is really good. And then the shifter feels like an economy car shifter, the actual shift knob. And the minute I got in the car and bought it, I was like, really? I just, this feels like it's going to come apart. I got one called the Racing. It's uh, That's race, S-E-N-G. Racing, it's the uh, Shiko model. Uh, it's, it's like a two pound shift knob. And I recently drove Chance's BRZ, which still has the stock shift knob, and the first thing I noticed was that. Mm-hmm. I much yeah. prefer the one in my car. Yeah. Am I being picky? Yeah, I'm being a little bit absurd right now. But it's the first time I've changed a shift knob on a car like this. And uh, I'm very, very pleased with the change. There's lots of options out there. You could go with whatever you like. It did honestly raise the shifter maybe a, a third of an inch, raise raised the, the knob up a little bit, which is not ideal, I realize. But the shift action's gotten so much nicer that I don't care.
1: A third of an inch? That's it?
0: Maybe a half inch. You know, my point is it it definitely is taller. It's not hugely taller, but I'm aware of the fact, like, like I said, when I got into Chances, I was like, oh, my hand is lower.
1: You know, it's uh, not like a okay. huge amount. All right. But All right.
0: anyway. Well, I say that because there are people that I've heard this this argument. Well, I can't get another shift knob. It's going to raise the shift knob. A half inch? Let's move on. <laughs> okay. That's kind of what I was thinking over here, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. But that's why I'm bringing it up because there's the conversation in the other direction where, well, man, I got a new shift knob and it lowered it a half inch. Great. And. Um, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh,
1: Dammy wrote in with a question I want to touch on briefly about breaking up with his mechanic, which is hard. Harder than we think. And it's hard because if you take it to the dealer, that's one thing. It's easy to go find some other dealer or an independent. But if you've gotten to know this mechanic and you now have a relationship with them, that's Mm -hmm. where it gets tough. And he asked us, what's the worst sin ever committed by a mechanic against us? And did you ever Hmm. go back? And I will say I did have one. It was a leaking head gasket on the first Cayman that I had by an independent Mm. Porsche repair mechanic. The problem wasn't the the job that he did. The problem was now the emissions, the catalytic converter, had to be removed, which voided my warranty. And he didn't acknowledge that because those cats, at least in the U.S., are supposed to be covered 8 years or 80,000 miles so whenever anything mm-hmm. goes wrong it's up to the manufacturer unless it's touched unless it's moved yeah. because then yeah. they don't know what's gone on they don't know if you've tried mm-hmm, to modify mm-hmm. it and then how can they warranty you something that has been touched or moved or replaced or or yeah. even just you know removed and put back on and so he didn't acknowledge that it wasn't about the leaking head gasket that turned out to be fine mm-hmm. It was this other problem because you have to remove the exhaust to get to the engine. So yep. Yep. That, de- that definitely made me break up with my mechanic. And, uh, well, but the other I side of the
0: equation I- there was later you had a cat go bad inside the warranty range. Right. And the only thing that had ever been done was this guy had removed the exhaust system. Hadn't bothered the cat. Removed the exhaust system to do this fix. And then he was kind of like, oh, yeah. And your whole point was, I should have known that this was going to be an impact. Correct. That was the biggest problem. Is it was just total lack of info. Correct. Yeah, I remember that happening. That was a huge, huge issue at
1: the it, time. It's, it sounds trivial now, you know, later on, mm-hmm. but it was actually a big deal because the dealer took one look at it and said, oh, this has been removed. We can't warranty that because yeah. how yeah. do we know what you've done to it? And I thought, oh, my gosh, this mechanic didn't tell me that. I didn't realize sure. this. On yeah, and yeah. on and on, and uh I, I yeah they they ended up you know doing it, but I still had to pay some money, and it was uh it was a bummer, it was a real bummer so, yeah yeah, um yeah mm. one of those things you know, live and learn, of course, but uh one of those things, true. but true, certainly never took that car back to that mechanic that was uh <laughs> that was the end of that relationship for sure, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's the eject button there, and I'm gone yeah uh <laughs> Bruce Irvine wrote in and asked about uh, hard top versus soft top convertibles. He's specifically saying, which do we prefer? Or more importantly, what are the pros and cons? I'm going to say preference depends on the car and depends on what you need it for. But in general, I would say to you the pros of the hard top, I'm actually a big fan of the hard top convertible. Notice my love for the upcoming uh, uh, Mazda RF and uh, the, uh, the MX-5 RF, and you know even the, the NC generation with its hard top. Sure. The nice thing about it is it becomes a much more kind of all-purpose usable car when that top is a solid thing. However, when you get a soft top, it's typically simpler and lighter. So depending upon how you're going to use it, if you know it's a car you're going to mostly have the top down, great. If it's a car you're going to use in all weather and you get weather, I would say go hard top.
1: I will say it does add a little bit of structural rigidity because that hard top does lock in place, probably four sure. corners for or six sure. bolts, yeah. and it does certainly add better. A little yeah, bit and you know more sound deadening, all that kind of stuff, as you said. But um, but yeah, the rigidity crossed my mind, so I thought worth mentioning. We ought to wrap this up. We uh, are launching yeah, in our second hour. Holy moly.
0: <laughs> this is what we do. Be careful. We talk. But we thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we also thank you for just watching and rating the, uh, the YouTube videos. There's been a lot of cool response to that latest one about the pilgrimage trip that we took. We are trying to figure out specific dates for next year. For those of you that have written in and said you'd like more information, it will be forthcoming once we can lock in dates. In fact, the truth is, Many of those tracks don't know the available dates yet. That's why we don't have them. So we will get that to you as soon as we do. And uh, thank you for watching the other videos. We do have other stuff that is trickling out while I'm working uh, behind the scenes on Icon. Again, Icon's coming in December. And uh never fear, two podcasts a week will continue uh indefinitely. So we'll be here. We'll be here again.
1: That's right. Keep your creative questions on Facebook coming. Thank you for those. And also your own car debates, everyday driver TV at Gmail or the website, which is being populated with far more information, including more articles upcoming. That is just everydaydriver.com. And uh, you can reach us there. In the meantime, thank you all watching for listening, for watching, and as always, cheers.